Hello and welcome to the second annual podcast series of top 10 MLB players at each position, ranked and presented by the baseball minds at Diamond Digest. I'm your host, Sean Huff, and today joining me to count down baseball's best second baseman right now is Joey Boley. Joey, how are you today? I'm great. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad to hear it. This is usually a position, well, we'll get there. Before we talk about the state of the position this year, I'd like to show everyone what our top 10 second basemen were going into this season and who the war leaders among this field were last year. So I have a graphic here. I'm going to show it. All right. So entering the 2022 season, we voted on Marcus Simeon. He was an almost unanimous number one, followed by Brandon Lau, Cattell Marte, and Ozzy Albies. Jose Altuve was coming off a great year, but the controversy about him landed him down at number five. Jake Cronenworth, who's now at first base, was number six. And the reigning rookie of the year, Jonathan India, was seventh. Javi Baez placed eighth, fresh off signing his big contract. Jorge Polanco and Whit Merrifield rounded out the top 10. This year's field is very different from that. The war leaders were using Fangraph's war. Among the group in 2022 were Altuve, Andres Jimenez, and Jeff McNeil, all of whom had roughly six win seasons. Semien stayed strong. He was about four wins, as were Nico Horner and Kim Ha-Song. Brendan Drury had the best season of his career with three war. Then Gleyber Torres, Brendan Donovan, the rookie, and Tyro Estrada, an underrated gloveman, all had 2.7 war, and they rounded out the top 10. So that's where things stood last year and how the field looks now. So, big question for you, Joey, now that we've established the group. What did you think of this position while you were ranking it? Uh, you know, I thought it was pretty interesting. I thought it was kind of a little bit top-heavy, which we see often at the second-base position, just because of the disparity between uh, offensive ability. But I thought there was a really good number of solid, established second basemen, like Altuve, McNeil, and Semyon, as well as a number of, of young guys who are definitely worthy of some accolades. Your Andres Jimenez's, your Jazz Chisholm's. Uh, Ozzy Albies, to name a few. Um, so it, it was really actually one of the more difficult positions to rank because outside of the top three or four, there was a lot of a lot of different places where you could have gone with it. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. There are a couple established stars, and then there's guys like Jimenez who had MVP-type seasons last year but had never done it before. And then there are a lot of guys who were established and just barely played last year. Yeah, Brandon Lau comes to mind for one of those guys. He really dealt with injuries a lot last year. Only got yeah. 266 plate appearances and wasn't particularly impressive in them compared to what he had done in the past. Only 104 WRC+, plus, which is still great for a second baseman, but nothing compared to what we've seen him do before. Yeah, the same was true with guys like Cattell Marte. Marte was competing for the number one spot on this list. I think he actually took number one a few years ago, and he just didn't really show anything in 22. 
Yeah, he's just an average hitter, um, and then his defense is starting to – I think it's looking like he's starting to lose a step a little bit in the field. Uh, see him play a lot. Uh, I mean, part of the reason why he's playing less center field is because the Diamondbacks just have a crazy number of super athletic outfielders coming up. Yeah, but also, we'll, we'll talk about Corbin Carroll on the center field episode yeah, for sure. Yeah, but Cattell Marte has, definitely looks like he's starting to lose a step a bit. His defense is starting to lag, um, and his and his bats bat struggled the last year too. Yeah. Although I don't want to be like completely a downer here. This was a pretty deep group. There have been years where second base, you really struggle just to fill out a top 10. And when we vote, we fill out a top 15, just by the logic of if everyone thinks you're 11th, you're probably in the top 10. And there were more than 15 guys I would have been happy to rank this year. Yeah, I was in the same boat. There were a couple of guys that I was not too thrilled about having to leave off. I just ran out of room. Yeah. So let's get into some of those guys who we may not have left off the top 15 altogether, but they are left off the composite top 10 for Diamond Digest. So just missing the top 10, we had Donovan, Drury, and Kim, who we all me- we mentioned all of them earlier. They all had breakout seasons. Jorge Polanco, who fell off the list. He was injured a lot this season and had more of a down year. And currently baseball's number one prospect, Gunnar Henderson, was also someone who got a lot of consideration from our writers, but didn't quite crack the top 10. So do any of these guys stand out to you as guys who you think we really missed on or you just want to talk about? Yeah, I I will say to start off, I'm a huge Gunnar Henderson fan. Um, You know, I drafted him in Dynasty League two years ago. and he was certainly paid off for me when Tatis went down this year. I was able to plug him in later in the season. So huge Gunnar Henderson fan, 126 WRC plus and 132 plate appearances in his first MLB season. Uh, the strikeouts are a little concerning, struck out 26% of the time, but he also walked 12% of the time. So the hope is that, you know, they can start to even that out a little bit. I have a lot of optimism for Gunnar Henderson's future in the league, uh, but, you know, as a site, Apparently that's not, you know, not for 2023. (laughs) Yeah. It is really impressive for someone with that little major league time to get even on the just missed, but yeah, it does seem like we're a little down on Henderson, especially compared to you are where you are. Excuse me. I really wanted to highlight Kim Hassong. I thought he had a great year. I, part of it is bias. Uh, I saw two Padres games in person this year, and every time he would bat, the stadium would go crazy. They would chant his name. He's like a folk hero in San Diego. But even without that, the defense was incredible. Uh, He was in the 90-something percentile, and that's above average. He was an above-average bat. And we've seen a lot of power from him in KBO. We haven't really fully seen it translate yet, but if it can translate even a little more, you could be looking at someone who's competing for the top half of this list for the next four or five years. Yeah. And I think it's actually really unfortunate the situation he finds himself in because I think he is a fantastic shortstop. And unfortunately, just because of the way things work, Xander Bogarts is going to play shortstop instead of Kim. And I think that's sad. I think that'll only last a couple of years because Xander Bogarts is already not very good at shortstop defense. So I think yeah. that Kim's, Kim's defense is going to take an even bigger step forward metrically when he moves to second base um and then you know with Tatis in the mix it'll be interesting to see how those three guys kind of split 
middle infield spots, even though Tatis probably can get some more outfield looks. But I'm really excited for the Padres just in general. Um, and I and Kim Ha-sung is a big part of it. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. They should be the most fun team in baseball this upcoming year. So Absolutely. Let's move into the actual list now. And before we do that, I just want to clarify for some people watching or listening, some guys who you might think of for this list, but aren't actually second baseman, according to us. Jake Cronworth, we already mentioned. And DJ LeMayhew, we have as a second baseman. So Yankee fans, please don't attack us. Don't worry, we will talk about LeMayhew. I know he's your MVP. Just not today. So into the actual list, we have at number 10, Nico Horner of the Chicago Cubs. Horner is entering his age 26 season and played his first full big league year in 2022. He was very productive. Over 135 games and 517 plate appearances, Horner posted a 106 WRC+, which was partially fueled by a career low K rate. He also chipped in 20 stolen bases to add to the offense. But where he shines is with the glove. He was 13 outs above average in 2022, which was tied for fifth among all middle infielders, all of which added up to four Fangraphs wins on the season, which, as we said earlier, was good for fifth among this field. So, Joey, talk to us about Horner. Yeah, I mean, what I think of when I think of Nico Horner is, first of all, the prospect pedigree. He was a huge deal when he was coming up with the Cubs. Uh, And also, you know, the defense, especially now with Dansby Swanson having taken a step forward this most recent season, he and Horner are going to be one of the best defensive tandems up the middle uh, in the entire league. And with him taking a step forward offensively, I mean, I, I personally, you know, I don't know about top 10 for Nico Horner yet but I have no doubt that he will get there at some point. Um, I think I need to see a little bit more with the bat in order to put him, you know, firmly into the top third. But I mean, he ended up with four F four this year. Um, a lot of that was based on his defense, but he had a one of six WRC plus only struck out 11% of the time. That's great for a young player. It's really what you like to see. Um, hoping the power will come around a little more. Uh, but even if it doesn't, he's got a really solid profile, especially with his speed. He stole 20 bases this year. Uh, I, a solid all-around player. I would love to have him on my team. Yeah, he's he's really good, especially I love you bringing up Swanson. That's what the Cubs should have had last year. They signed Andrelton Simmons. didn't quite work out for them. Yeah. Horner ended up playing most of the year at short. But the Swanson-Horner combo should be really fun to watch. And... Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think even in limited playing time in 2021, he was an above average bat. Yeah, he was, he had actually had the exact same WRC plus 106 in 2021, uh, even though that was only in, like you said, 170 plate appearances as opposed to over 500. But the glove was really good in 2021, too. So, I mean, this is, yeah, he, he's pretty established with the glove. Um, and the bat, I think, is going to come around. A lot of his stat cast stuff looked better this year. His barrel rate went up. His heart hit rate went up. Um, yeah. Even so if there's some regression with going. that. Yeah. yeah. Even, even if he regresses, he should be right around league average. And a league average second baseman with a plus-plus glove is a really solid player. Yeah. Especially, plus, at a position that, yeah. Especially at a position that doesn't have too many stars. Yeah. I like Nico and, Horner. Yeah. And he's very young. <laughs> he is. 
So let's move up to someone else very young, one 26-year-old to another. We have at number nine, Glaber Torres. After two consecutive down seasons in 2020 and 2021, Torres bounced back, though not quite to the heights he reached early in his career. In 572 plate appearances in 2022, he hit 24 homers with a 115 WRC+. Those are very good numbers, not quite what he showed when he first came up, but very good, especially for a second baseman. Those, however, aren't the headline. The headline is Torres' glove. For the first time in his career, Torres was actually positive in defensive runs saved and UZR. And according to StatCast outs above average, he was a neutral zero. So if the improvements with the glove are real, Torres is clearly going to be on this list for a while. I don't know if I'm buying in. What do you think? I've, I've never been a, a Glaber Torres buy-in kind of guy. I mean, I think the glove advancing is encouraging. Uh, that being said, he's he, defensive metrics are so difficult he doesn't really pass the eye test for me in terms of defense. He just looks like he's kind of lost. Um, but like you said, the OAA was, was finally even this year after a negative 14 over his first three years. I will say this is the most innings he played at second base in a season, which is good. Uh, he's, I will say he's clearly not a shortstop. Second base is definitely the right spot for him. Um, but the bat I think is really what's going to make or break Labor Torres as an MLB player because if you look at 2018 and 2019 he had 62 home runs over those first two years and only has 30 some 40 some since then um, so the power has definitely struggled um, the K rate is slightly it, it took a dive in 2020 during the COVID year but it's been creeping back up since then he doesn't walk um, he's not that good at stealing bases I, I'm not sold personally. Uh, I think he still has a little bit of time to show it, but you know, I think Glaber Torres is a perfectly fine second baseman. But I, I, I like having a good defensive infield personally, and second base is one of the most important defensive positions on the field after catcher and shortstop. So I think that having a, a minus glove, which I would still grade him out as, it hurts hurts that. I think he would be better as a third baseman or a DH. Yeah, I, I wouldn't bank on him being a plus defender. I'd bank on him being a little below average. I'm a little higher on Glaber than you are. I I don't think the bat is elite, but I think he's shown enough that he's going to be above average and ha- can flash elite. So for the gamble, I'd just take him a little higher than you would, but I I don't think he's a star, unfortunately. Early in his career, it really looked like he would be. And it's a shame that he's not. He would have been a really fun player. Yeah, but, you know, they've got plenty of fun guys. Yeah, they do. Now let's go to someone. This is a pretty depressing list for the next few guys. Yeah. Let's move up to number eight here where we have Cattell Marte. Like we said earlier, Marte was actually number one on this list several years ago, but he played injured for a lot of 2022, and it really showed. He put up a 102 WRC plus and just 1.4 war. But in the previous seasons, he had slashed 318, 374, 543, good for a 138 WRC plus, 
And he's only going into his age 29 season. So clearly to rank him in the top 10 at all, we are believing in some sort of bounce back. Probably not to the MVP form he showed in 2019. But we do think he'll be good again. Do you think the injuries were that big of a deal, or are we just remembering past performance too much? Well, I think part of the problem is that uh, his 2022 BAPIP was easily the worst in his career. Uh, it was only 276, which is pretty low, uh, pretty well below average, which is usually around 320. Uh, and, and I mean, last year was 352. His 2019 MVP runner-up or third-place year, third it was place. yeah, it was 342. Um, and his career BABIP is 311. So I think that tells a little bit of the story here. Um, but going into that, I think that his his injuries definitely affected his speed, which then yes. affected his defense and the BABIP, um, all of these kinds of things. Because his batted ball data, like his StatCast data, doesn't look super different. Um, his barrels were down a little bit, but his hard hit was on par with 2019. Yeah, he's, a, he's always been a big hard hit guy. He hits the ball hard. Yeah. But, you know, I think that the, the injuries and, and the losing a step really have hurt his profile as a whole. I'm hoping that he can get healthy because when he's healthy, he's really fun to watch uh, and he's really impressive. But I think that he's he struggled a lot in part due to the injuries. Um, and, you know, I, I'm hopeful that he can get back up. I mean, his K rate did tick up a couple percentage points, uh, but so did his walk rate. So maybe we're getting to see Ketel Marte moving a little bit more towards a three true outcome kind of guy um, as opposed to where before he was a little more of a gap to gap hitter. Um, I, I think time will tell as with many things, but his, his steamer projection is three war for 2023. And I think that the Diamondbacks would be happy with that. Yeah. I think I'd actually take the over on that by a little bit. He, he's probably not going to be a 140 WRC plus guy anymore. It, but he's probably going to be very good. He's probably going to be a 125 to 130, which if he's hitting at that level with average-ish defense at second base, even just a little below average defense, I would definitely take that. And I would take that higher than eighth, I think. There's just the risk that he repeats 2022 or that yeah. his power doesn't fully come back. Yeah, I think that the, the ceiling for the bat is among the top couple for second base yes. for sure. But I think that his, you know, his distribution of possible outcomes is a little it's very skewed wide. compared to the other guys. Yeah. Yeah. With a lot of uncertainty around Cattell Marte. Root yeah. for him, though. I am, too. He's a very, very fun player. Let's go to uh, this one's even more depressing. We're continuing the theme of downturns caused by injuries at number seven. Ozzy Albies. Albies had a massive 2021 season, but he was plagued by broken bones in 2022, breaking his bird bones several times. His production took a big hit. He only played 64 games, but in that time, he only had a 93 WRC+, and he was actually negative in defensive runs saved and UZR. Outs above average still loved him, though. They had him at, I believe, plus four in the limited playing time. If the weak season he just produced was due to injury, Albies should be able to bounce back to his four-win type form. But if this is just the hitter he is now, which that's always been something of a concern with Albies, he could be off the list very quickly. 
Yeah. You know, the thing about Ozzy Albies is I don't, I'm not sure about that 30 home runs. Like that was pretty crazy. That and he also, I mean, I know he had, ball. yeah, he had 24 and 18 and 19, which was the beginning of the juice ball era. Um, so I don't know. I really think he needs to stop switch hitting. I think yeah, he, needs, he needs the Cedric Mullins approach. He needs the Cedric Mullins approach. It's just hit left-handed because he mashes. Um, no, he mashes lefties. So I guess the other way around, but he hits really well one way and not well the other way. Um, and so he just needs to stop. I love switch hitters. I think they're fun, but if you they're can't do fun, them but... at a high level, like if you're hurting yourself, I think that that is something that they probably need to address. And I hope that they're looking at the Braves are a very smart organization and they have them around for a while. So they've got time to make some tweaks with that. Um, yeah, they have one, the most criminal contract in baseball. Oh, it's ridiculous. Someone's got to look into that. Yeah. Uh, but the injuries this year really did just really kind of killed his vibe. He had that freak accident where he hit the ground. He, I don't even remember if he hit the ball off of his foot or if it was just a, a funky swing against the Nats where he ended I up. Think it was, I think it was a foul ball off his foot. Yeah, but it was it was whatever it was. It was a freak accident, and he was out for the rest of the year pretty much. Um, so I don't know. I'm not totally sold on Ozzy Albies. I never have been. Uh, he strikes out a lot um, compared to some of the guys that we're comparing him to, especially to a guy like Horner. Who doesn't strike out very much at all um but he also strikes out less than some of the other guys he's kind of right in the middle there um but i am concerned that it, we're starting to see some regression to the mean for ozzy albies i don't think he was ever that 70 raw power 60 game power <laughs> guy that we saw for a couple of years yeah i'm not sold on the bat at all if you told me he had like if if you came from one year in the future and told me albies put up an 88 WRC plus in 600 plate appearances last next year. I would just kind of say, yeah, that tracks. He, I, yeah, I believe really it. don't believe in the bat and the downturn in the defensive metrics is really scary. That's he had a high floor because of the glove and now it, he might not. The good thing with Albies though, besides the fact that he still is pretty young is that the injuries don't concern me much. Yeah. It's not like these were soft tissue injuries. He broke bones. That's not that's not really a cause for concern. Yeah. And I will say, I mean, well, I'm not gonna give away too much yet, but I, I I'm confident about where I ranked him. Um, because I do believe that his ceiling is higher than what it is. And I'm choosing to believe in him over some other guys. Uh we'll see if that is worth it at the end. But I really do think that he can be like a 280 hitter with 20 home runs. I think that's perfectly reasonable for Ozzy Albies with plus defense. And yeah, plus at his peak, he's a four or five win player. Yeah, and that's kind of what, you know, the 2019 Ozzy Albies is kind of what I think he can be. Yeah, I will say I didn't rank Albies in my top 10. He, yeah. I'm very down on the bat. I can, t I can, and I can absolutely respect that. I mean, a lot of my guys between like 15 and five, I we're all super close. Yeah. So. Let's, let's go to someone who's a lot more fun. Still depressing story though. Still depressing story, but <laughs> really fun player at number six, jazz Chisholm jr. One of the most electric players in baseball. Chisholm will be 25 in 2023. 
And even though he only played 60 games last season, he was incredible in those 60 games. He put up a 139 WRC plus fueled by 14 home runs and a 535 slugging percentage. He also added 12 stolen bases and above average defense, three about three outs above average for good measure. Chisholm always had the talent. We knew about that. We've seen the videos of him pulling home runs off the Grom. We knew he had elite, elite bat speed. 2022 was him kind of showing that he can put it together and be a star. Now he has to answer the question of if he can do it for a full season. Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the things that I've seen with Kim Ang talking about Jazz Chisholm is they don't even know where he's going to play next year. I think especially that since, especially with the recent trade of Miguel Rojas, I I think there's a chance that Jazz Chisholm ends up back at shortstop, which I, I, I don't want really to see that. I really hope not, yeah. I don't want to see that because he he really couldn't play he short. But he really he really can play second, though. He's great at um, second. So that was that's a little concerning for me for his future. But the power-speed combination, I think, is something to look forward to for sure. I think that he definitely has the potential to be like, I don't know, 20, 25 home run guy and to steal 20 or 25 bases. Like this is a real 30-30 yes. candidate that we're looking at, um, which is somewhat rare for a second baseman. Uh, the problem with Jess Chisholm, as with a lot of these other guys, is the strikeouts. Um, career 28% strikeout rate. He's a little bit of a free swinger, which is not super uncommon for guys his age. But he's really going to need to start to figure that out because he has a lot of pop in that bat. And he need, if he starts making you know more contact, he's going to be a problem. Yeah. I, I don't think it's controversial to say that other than maybe the Hall of Famer we have higher up on this list, Chisholm is the most talented player here. Like that's, Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, but there are holes in his game. He swings and misses a lot. Yeah. He can't play short, and he might have to. And he hasn't been able to stay on the field for a full season. Right. But the talent is enormous, and he did just show that he can put it together. And the tools are pretty crazy. Yeah. He I'm optimistic about his some future. Some of the best bat speed I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm optimistic about his future. I mean, his barrel rate was pretty solid, even in a small sample size. He hits the ball hard too. Um, he just needs to hit the ball more. That's really, yes. that, that, that's 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 pretty much what what his deal is. Yes, hit the ball more, play more. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's move into the top half of the list now, and unfortunately, it's someone else who was limited by injury this past season. Poor guy. And now uh, number five. Brandon Lau of the Rays. Unfortunately, he played only 65 games in 2022. And in that span, he wasn't that good. 104 WRC plus and a shade under one war, 0.9. That offensive performance is concerning as Lau isn't really a good glove guy, but his enormous 2020 and 2021 can't really be ignored. In those two seasons, he had over 800 plate appearances and produced a 141 WRC plus with 53 homers. If his bat comes even close to that again, fifth is going to look ridiculously low for Lau. It's just, do we think his bat is going back to being plus plus, or is he a 120 guy next year? 
Yeah, I think it's really, I think it's really hard to to judge him because he, the injuries really did kill him, and he didn't he never got it going even when he was playing. Um, he reminds he reminds me a lot of Jeff Kent, honestly, in terms of like a bat for a bat first second baseman with not a ton to offer with the glove. Yeah. Uh, he's he's but, better with the glove than Kent. Yeah, but. he is. He's just not, but he isn't. It's not part of his game. No. Uh, but I mean, looking at his stat cast metrics, his barrel rate was down. His hard hit rate was down. His XBA was down. His X slug was down. His X Wobo was down. Everything was down. Do you happen to know what the injury was? I cannot remember what it was. Um, I think it was will, like a. I will look. It he up. went. Yeah, he went back onto the injured list in September with a back thing, but I don't know if, I don't remember if that's what kept him out for the whole year. I'll look it up. If it was soft tissue, then yeah, if it was soft tissue, I'm much more worried about him. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was something soft, but you know, he's another one of these guys who's got a couple of years to figure it out. He's signed through 24 with club options for 25 and 26. It was, it was a stress, stress reaction in his lower back. Yeah, that could be a problem. That could be a problem. Like, that's something you can work around. Yeah, but, I mean, especially with baseball that's so rotational, something right. in your lower back, if it flares up, it could cause him a lot of issues again. And I really would like him to be that 2021 guy where the 137 WRC plus, 39 home runs. I mean, I would love to see that Brandon Lau again, but I think we're more likely looking at, like, 2019 Brandon Lau, where in half a season – he hit 17 home runs, 130 WRC plus. So I think he can be a 30 home run guy. Yes, uh, but definitely. he doesn't. He doesn't have the tools that some of the other guys on this list, though. Like he can't field that well. He doesn't really run the bases that well. Right, um, and he might not be a second baseman. They, yeah, the Rays have a lot of middle infield talent. You could see Lau next year on the left field list. Yep, and I think that that would be perfectly acceptable for him. Just tuck him back there and let him rake. Yeah, he, the bat is real, and I think the bat is coming back. Like this is a guy we had ranked at number two last year because we loved the bat so much. Yeah, and I think like, that was a perfect, that was completely deserved after the years that he had, twenty nineteen yeah. through twenty one. Yeah, and I really hope we can see him play a full se- a full healthy season next year with a one thirty type bat because if that's the case, he's hitting thirty five homers. Yep, it, the power is there. And the contact tool is there. He's got to be on the field, though. Yeah, and the eye is there. He has a great yeah, eye. He does. Let's move up to someone who can kind of be an example for Lau in a way. At number four, Jeff McNeil. McNeil's back on the list. We didn't rank him last year, but he's back in a big way. In 2021, he didn't hit at all, but that proved just to be a fluke as he put up a 143 WRC plus in 2022 and a career high 5.9 Fangraphs war. Aside from 2021, McNeil has been an absolute metronome. He has over 2000 career plate appearances. And in that span, he slashed 307, 370, 458, totaling to a 131 WRC plus over his career. That's a premium bat at this position. So the 2021 season, clearly just a blip, not the real player. 2022 might not be the real player either. We haven't seen him be an MVP candidate before, but 
I think this is a fair ranking for him, even if the bat regresses a little back to like 130, more than 145. I think. I think we lost you there. Seen from him. Uh, can you say that again? We You cut out. Yeah, sure. I think that uh, 2021 was definitely an anomaly considering the, the BAPIP. I mean, 359, 337, 335, 280 in 2021, and then back up to 353 in 2022. So a lot of bad luck. Um, his quality of contact, though, also wasn't as good, so that played into it. It never uh, has been, though. No, I mean, he's a scrappy guy. That's yeah. what, that's what he, He's a scrappy guy. He's going to leg out base hits. He's going to hit you know, oppo balls into this, into the hole and just leg it out, um, which is fine. I love that kind of guy. Um, consistently. I don't know if that's going to be the recipe to success for him. I mean, he's not going to hit 23 home runs again, like he did in juice ball no. 19. Um, but, no, but the, if he can hit 12 home runs. Yeah. And he's got the plus glove. Um, and he's got the plus eye. And the plus eye, he doesn't strike out. He's he's very Nico Horner like in, in terms of his profile, or should I say, Nico Horner is very Jeff McNeil like in yes. terms of his his disciplinary profile. Um, yeah. you know, he, I, he might be an eighty bat to ball. Yeah, he is. He is incredible bat to ball skills. I mean, I think he is a true talent, three oh seven hitter like he has been for his career, and he walks enough to boost that on base percentage up even more. So. Uh, I think Jeff McNeil at four is perfectly fair. I think it's exactly where he belongs. Um, and let's see if he does it again. Yeah, this is a real hitter. It's There aren't that many guys on this list where you can just pencil them in for a 125, at least WRC plus next year. McNeil, you can. This is a serious bat at this position. Even if he doesn't end up at this position, who knows? He has a lot of defensive versatility. He does, and I love that too. Yeah, this is an excellent player. Honestly, I like him even more than this, and I'll get there. Yeah. Well, we'll reveal our lists at the end. So let's move up now to number three. It's last year's champion, Marcus Simeon, now of the Rangers. Simeon had a slow start to the year, and a lot of people wrote him off or just kind of ignored him after that. But he was still very good in 2022. He actually led all players with 724 plate appearances and posted the first 2020 season of his career, blowing past both those marks, 26 homers, 25 steals. The offense was down on the whole, only a 107 WRC+. But that slow start I mentioned was a big factor in that. Since the start of June, he was at a 128, much more in line with what we expect from Simeon. There is clearly still an MVP candidate inside him. He was plus eight OAA and did have that big second half. He just didn't show it for the full season, putting up only four wins instead of six or seven, like he had been making him an MVP finalist. Do you think he's getting back to those heights or are we just seeing a very good player rather than a top 20 player in baseball? I think Marcus Semyon is only very good. Um, which is still very good, obviously, but yeah. his career is somewhat yeah. enigmatic to me. Uh, he's only got, he only has three seasons over a 100 WRC plus and two of those were over 130 
in 2019 with Oakland where he had that huge year. And yeah, then, two of them, two of them, he came in third in MVP voting. Yeah. And then this most recent year, um, I don't really know what to make of it. Like you said, you talked about the slow start. I like the glove. I like, you know, that at 31, he has the best base running season of his career. Yeah. I, I love I, the glove. I, I love that. I love the speed. Uh, the bat to ball worries me a little bit. He's not Jeff McNeil with yeah, no. the bat. But he, he, he doesn't have bad contact skills, but he's not. No. Yeah, but he, I mean, he's a career 255 hitter. And even in those seasons where he's been over 130, I mean, his best full season batting average is only 285, which is good, but it's not an elite bat to ball. Um, so I think that we do see. Marcus Semyon settling around a 110, 115 WRC plus with the plus glove, with the plus power, with the plus base running for his position. And I think that he is probably a top four or five second baseman for the next couple of years until age starts to catch up to him. Yeah, I think you put the whole package together, the arguably plus plus glove, at least plus the above average base running, the good bat. It's not going to be a great bat anymore, probably. So much of it was that he could just pull homers, and he can't quite do that as much in the big Home Depot in Texas. But it's going to be a plus bat. You put that all together, that's probably a four-win player. Yeah. Especially yeah, with, think, he produces a lot of volume, too. Yeah, and having a known quantity like that is worth more than we can really attribute to it. Yes. If you know that this is going to be a three-and-a-half to four-war guy every year, then... That is, that's huge, knowing that you're going to yeah. have that plug-and-play. He has the, the durability. Um, I think that he's another one of these guys where we've seen them play shortstop before and hope never to again. <laughs> uh, keep him at second base, and he will be fine. Uh, especially, I mean, Corey Seager and Marcus Semien is one of the best. Yeah, that's the a middles. great middle infield. Yeah, it's a different great than, than the Cubs have because yes. Semien and Seager are going to hit. But Swanson and, and Horner aren't going to let anything through. So uh, I'm big on. I'm pretty high on Marcus Semyon. Yeah. I just and need. I just need him to keep keep it ticking for a couple more years before before he starts to regress. Yeah. And even in his down year, like 2022 was a down year for him, at least compared to what he had been doing. He was still fourth at the position in WAR. Yeah. He was still a four win player. And yeah. He's I, very good. Yeah. We take that, like as they say. Absolutely. So, Semyon was a known quantity. We had him number one last year. Let's go to the surprise of the list. Number two, Andres Jimenez. Jimenez, almost out of nowhere, had an enormous 2022. Over 557 plate appearances. He slashed 297, 371, 466 for a 140 WRC+. Adding in 20 stolen bases, at a massive 13 outs above average. Roll all that together and you get 6.1 war, fifth among all AL position players, and a sixth place finish in AL MVP voting. Jimenez had never had a season like this before, but clearly we're buying in. We're putting him at number two. Are we buying in too much? Are we too excited about him? I, I don't think so. I think that because he's so young and because he's already established what his ceiling is, it really allows for him to kind of have some growing pains. Like if he puts up a 20 or a 120 WRC plus next year, like no one's going to be that mad. 
uh, especially because considering the circumstances under which he was acquired in the Francisco Lindor trade. <laughs> um, and I mean, he is a, he was a top prospect. He was a, he was a really highly ranked prospect for the Mets right. when they traded him. So, you know, the expectations were always there for him. I think this year was really big for him to slow. Like I saw him play in Detroit in August and it, it looked like when he was at the plate that everything was kind of slowing down for him. Like it really looked like that he was incredibly comfortable. He's obviously very comfortable on defense, one of the best defenders at the position for sure. Um, and I think that that's something that you don't see often with a lot of young players. I mean, a lot of guys, you hear this a lot more in football, but they let the game speed up on them and they kind of just get, they kind of get drowned by everything going on around them at a new level. And I didn't see that from Jimenez this year. So hopefully for Cleveland's sake, they have a really fun young team with a lot of guys that came out of nowhere. And I think that they're fun. And I think that Jimenez is a big part of that. And I don't think he's going to have 140 WRC plus next year, but I definitely think he can be a four and a half win player, especially with that defense. Uh, I'm a big fan. I, I like him. Yeah. That's the one downside with Jimenez is he's great. And we knew we expected him to be a solid everyday player with the glove and with the contact skills. He's never done this before. Like he's never hit at this level even in the minors. And that's the one downside. It 140 is probably not repeatable. It doesn't need to be for him to be one of the best players at the position. But I'm honestly not even sure 125 is repeatable. Yeah, it's the profile is definitely advantageous. Um I would see him like to walk a little more, strike out a little less, but I can say that about pretty much every hitter in the league. Yes. Um the big thing that I would look at is again going back to the Babip. I mean, it was a three fifty plus Babip, which is pretty high. Yeah, that's um, not sustainable. But he he is he's got decent speed though. So, I mean, he can probably be an over three hundred guy, but he's not going to yes. be a three fifty guy for sure. Um, I think that the Statcast numbers, if they continue to improve in terms of the barrel rate and the hard hit, he took a huge leap from twenty twenty one. If he can keep those at around the same level, uh, then he'll probably be able to pull out a 115 or a 120 with the plus-plus defense and the plus speed, um, which puts him probably still around that four or five war that we talked about. So if he can play the full season and if he can keep a lot of his peripherals in the same spot, then they're going to get a lot of good results out of him. Yeah, he's he's a very good player. I Clearly, our writers love him. He got first place votes in this exercise. We placed him at number two overall. I don't love him quite so much, but I still think he's very, very good. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much what I'm, where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to number one. I don't think this is a surprise. He's number one with a mandate. And it's Jose Altuve. You knew this was coming. It wasn't close. Altuve received 22 of the 26 possible first place votes. And after a return to form in 2021, he exploded for 2022. It was the best season of his career, possibly a Hall of Fame career. So that's really saying a lot. He had a career high 164 WRC plus in 604 plate appearances and slashed 300, 387, 533 with 28 home runs. Mostly thanks to that line, 
he had 6.6 war. So this is a seven-win season, which was just a tenth of a win off of his total in his MVP year. He was third in the AL in Fangraphs war, in WRC+, and in WOBA. And he was top 10 in each of the triple slash categories. Say whatever you want about him. He's controversial. Can't deny. He's a great player. And he's number one here with a mandate. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't have any disagreement with that, honestly. I mean, he was fantastic. I mean, one of the things that I was most excited about from him this year was that he's stolen the most bases that he has since 2017 when he was 27, and he's going into his age 33 season, and he stole 18 bases in his age 32 season. He had his highest walk rate of his career in his age 32 season. Um, I, I thought he looked really good. He just looked so comfortable he he hit everything and he yeah. walked like i said here he walked and the power was there uh, most home runs i mean second most home runs in his career uh behind 2019 which has does you know that was the, that was a little bit of a controversial year especially at the beginning <laughs> part um and 2021 he had 31 where he broke out again last year but jose altuve has been a really good hitter for a long time i'm pretty confident that he's going to be a hall of famer I'm not confident yeah. that he's going to be a second baseman that much longer. Um, How the was defense? It was fine. It was like a one one OAA. Um, but I think that especially with some of the prospects that the Astros have coming up. Yeah, uh, the Astros are a machine. Yeah, I think that we could see him get moved to left field DH. Yeah. Um, I think him and Jord Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve, timeshare in the outfield and then the DH just kind of rotating those two guys through. I could totally see that happening, especially once Michael Brantley retires, which yes. has got to be soon. Yeah. It, this wasn't close for me. I, there were some positions where I went into it and I was like, okay, well, these are the candidates. Uh, which one do I put number one? No, I, I went into second base knowing it's Jose Altuve and it's everyone else. It, he just had an MVP type season and it wasn't the first time he he's a great player. He looks so impressive at all times. He, there are holes in his game. He's not perfect. You can get a high fastball by him. He chases a lot up out of the zone, but the bat to ball skill is really good. The power is really good. The defense is average to above average and he's far and away the best bat at this position. Yeah, it's just another of those things where it's like, all right, well, we know what he is. How much longer can he be that? Yeah, and honestly, at this point, probably another four or five years. I'm sure the Astros hope that. Yeah, they he's signed through. He's only signed. He's only signed through 24. He's got two more years. Interesting. I think he has an option though, doesn't he? I don't think so. Huh. It doesn't look like it. Free agent 2025. Wow. So that he'll be 34. And, and he'll he'll stick somewhere. He will stick because he can like really we talked about with the with the bat the ball skills. I mean, he's got him. Yeah, he can really hit. This is one of the best hitters in the league, and probably one of the top fifteen players in baseball. Looking forward to next year. Still, somehow, after all this time. Yeah. So, we did it. We revealed the list our writers as a whole put together. You ready to talk about our lists? 
I am. I think I have a little bit. We have a little bit of disagreement on some of these guys, so I'm excited I to talk about do. it. All right, I have it up on screen here, but for those of you who are just listening to this and aren't watching, I'll read it off. To recap, as a whole, we ranked Altuve, Jimenez, Semyon, McNeil, Lau, Chisholm, Albies, Marte, Torres, and Horner. On my personal list, I had Altuve 1, McNeil 2, Semyon 3, Jimenez 4, Lau 5, Chisholm 6, Marte 7, Horner 8, Torres 9, and Kim Hasong 10. Joey, you want to read yours off? Yeah, I had Jose Altuve number 1, Jimenez 2, McNeil 3, Semyon 4, Jazz at 5, Ozzy Albi 6, Brandon Lau 7, Gunnar Henderson 8, Kim Hasong at 9, and Ketel Marte at 10. Okay. You know you know what I'm going to ask you right away here. Oh, it's the Ozzy Albies question. We'll get there, but Gunnar Henderson. <laughs> Gunnar Henderson in the top 10. I, You know, I really like his projectability. I talked about this a little bit. I was really high on him in that Dynasty League, um, and I'm kind of trying to stick by that as long as I possibly can so that I look right. Um, <laughs> but I also I really like... I really like his profile and I really like the way that he plays the game. Um, I think that he was, he would have been a good shortstop. I would have had him in the top 10 shortstops. So why would I not have him in the top 10 second baseman? That was my logic. Yeah, I get that. I, the strikeout rate worried me a little too much to put him in the top 10, just because this is a deeper position than I've seen before, but it would not surprise me if at the end of the year, he's sixth or seventh in this group in war. I believe in Mike Elias, and I believe in the Astros 2.0 player development machine that is the Orioles. Yeah, I think at this point, you can't deny it. Yeah, he's. I think he's going to be a guy with a capital G. I really hope so. The Orioles are really, really fun. So, yeah, let's talk about Albies. Yeah, it was one of those things where we've seen what he can be. And like I said, I don't think he's going to be that 30 home run guy again. But the tools are there. The freak injuries have really hurt him. Um, You know, I wasn't that off from the rest of our writers. I had him at six as a whole. We had him at seven. Um, I will say this is his last chance for me. Um, He's got to go show me something this year. And he's got to stop switch hitting. Please, Ozzy, (laughs) if you're listening, stop switch hitting. Yeah. I'll say I had Albies at 14. If he announced that he stopped switch hitting, that would have moved him up several spots on my list. So just looking here, there don't seem to be any big disagreements between the three lists on screen. Uh, You and I like Kim a lot. Kim didn't quite make the composite list. He was 12th. I like McNeil a little more. I have him at second. I just really believe in that bat. Lau, Chisholm, we're all about the same on. Marte, there's a little bit of a disagreement. I'm pretty high. You're pretty low. Yeah, I still have him ring. I still have him in my top 10, though. Like, I think that's yes. that's important to know. I still have him at 10. I know they're one of those things where the tools are there. I need him to stay healthy, and I need him to stay at the level that I know he can be at. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with that ranking. I just, I'm banking on the upside a little more. One guy I wanted to point out, didn't make my list, didn't make your list, didn't make the composite list. Jorge Polanco, 
How close were you on him? Uh, I'm going to be honest, not very. I think part of it is just kind of the bias of he plays in Minnesota. And <laughs> like, I don't, I really don't watch the Twins that much, uh, along with the fact that he really didn't play a full season. Uh, he's a good hitter, his defense is garbage. Um, and he's not a particularly good base runner. And I, as you guys might have kind of figured out, I'm really big on the tools. And Jorge Polanco is not toolsy, but boy, can he hit. Uh, the problem is that he's really only hit in like three seasons yeah. out of the eight or whatever that he's been in the in the in the league. So that's my concern with him. He if we ranked to 20, he probably would have been 17 or 18. This is, I think, a show me year for Jorge Polanco. I think it's a walk year for him. I think oh is. no, he yeah, it is. He has club options for 24 and 25. Okay. Um I know we we've seen the four war Jorge Polanco. We've also seen the, you know, the two one war Jorge, Jorge Polanco. Polanco. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I wasn't confident in him enough in order to actually put faith in him. So I didn't rank him. You didn't rank him. A lot of people, Oh, I guess you did rank him, but he was outside your top 10. Um, yeah. I ranked him 11th. I think I was actually only a couple people didn't rank him. Um, Oh, wait, I did. I had him 12th. What am I talking about? Okay. But that's where he was. He was at 12th. But it's the same idea is that he, you know, I still have a lot of concerns about him, and that's why he's at 12th. So we're in agreement here. Jose Altuve, everyone was pretty much in agreement. Before we go, is there anyone we haven't mentioned who you'd like to plug a little bit? Someone you snuck into your top 15 maybe or who you think could be there next year? Yeah, definitely. I think that the amount of Jonathan India disrespect that I have witnessed over the last couple of weeks um, from our Diamond Digest writers is a little ridiculous. I think that he is absolutely top 15. I know he was really bad last year, um, but he was also dealing with injuries. Uh, so I'm just I'm looking at baseball reference. I mean, he had a 116 OPS plus, one rookie of the year. Last year was hurt, had a 91 OPS plus. I think that Jonathan India is a really talented player. I mean, he was a first rounder, uh, fifth overall out of Florida, where he was on a couple of really good teams there, the likes of Brady Singer and Casey Mize, who I no, the, the glove is terrible. The glove's really bad. I'm not gonna lie. The glove's terrible. really bad. He grades out, he's probably a DH or an outfielder. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't put him anywhere near the infield, but he he really can hit. I really think he can. Um he had the 376 on base in that rookie of the year campaign in 2021, which I really like. Any guy who's on base over 370 is, is definitely top yeah, tier value really in my player. eyes. Yeah. So I think that Jonathan India has something to prove this year. I wasn't confident enough that he is going to prove it in order to put him higher. <laughs> but um, I think if he goes out and has another 120 ish, WRC plus season. I think we need to yeah. start talking about Jonathan Indy again. He has the type of ceiling at the plate where we could all look terrible next year for not having ranked him. There's one, the one guy I want to talk about is Brendan Rogers. I think yeah. quietly made a lot of improvements at the end of last year. I wasn't quite in enough to put him in my top 15, but it, and I, I frankly don't have much faith in the Rockies, 
But yeah, I don't either. it really wouldn't surprise me if Rodgers comes out and puts up three and a half war next year. And all of a sudden we're seeing someone who's in ninth or 10th on this list. Yeah. I mean, he had a pretty solid season last year, uh, right around average in terms of the OPS. He was a little bit of above average hitter 21. He was almost 800 OPS guy. Uh, the problem for him, I think is that, you know, obviously the defense improved. His bad ball profile concerns me a little bit. He led the league in grinding and double plays last year. Yeah. Hits a lot of ground balls, which is not. Yeah, that's good. the problem, especially at yeah. Coors Field. Yeah. And so he just, he needs to hit the ball in the air more um, in order to be super successful in his situation. Yes. Um, even with doing that, he was still a four ish, three and a half war kind of player, which is, again, like we talked about, like having that is super solid, but. I think that if he needs to, if he's going to take a step, he really needs to take it a different approach to his bad ball profile. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for our discussion here. We're going to, for those of you watching, you can see the text crawl at the bottom. We're going to plug shamelessly here in the last minute. Our website is diamonddigest.com. Our Twitter is at diamond underscore digest. And our Instagram is diamond.digest. Joey, anything else you want to say to the listeners here? Um, just one last guy, Luis Garcia on the Nats. He's going to hit 310 this year, but his on base is going to be 320. Great bat to ball, <laughs> nothing else. It's coming. I hope it does. That sounds like a really, really fun season for a miserable team. Yeah, he's really frustrating to watch, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's going to do it for today. Uh, I don't know when all of you will be listening to this, but. Hopefully it's sometime soon. Hopefully you enjoy it enough to come back for our next episode. I don't know if Joey will be back for the next one or for any others, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right. Hope you guys liked it. And if you didn't, send us your own lists. See if you think you can do better than us. All right. See you, everyone. Oh, and go baseball. <laughs>